0: I wanted to point out something on the uh, questionnaires. I'm recommending everybody print out the questionnaires for a couple of reasons. It helps train you to know what's important. Uh, For example, if you're a diabetic, they want to know how long you've had it, what you're taking for it, what your A1C is. The only way you're going to learn those things uh, is to read over those questionnaires. Secondly, if you're on blood pressure, they want to know, certain things about that, they're going to want to know the doctor. Those those are designed because they become part of the application, and that's how they're able to underwrite these without doing the blood work. So print out the questionnaire, study over them to get a feel. Don't memorize them, but just start getting a sense of what's on there and what's important. And then secondly, have those with you. So if you run into a, uh, um, a, a like what Connie just talked about, the questionnaire didn't pop up. It allows you to pull one out, fill it out, and then you can put the last six of their social and send it in uh, electronically with with the application.
1: Uh, Pete, you wanted to add something?
0: Yeah, on this too, just so you know,
1: Foresters is really, really great about allowing, which some carriers don't do, and I love what Dick said, have those questionnaires with you. Foresters actually will allow that you answer those questions in the box. So, like, when you answer yes to diabetes and then there's a, you know, a box that comes down that asks you to describe anything or the medications, like you hit yes to medications, if you answer all the questions as as asked on the questionnaire in those boxes, they will accept that for underwriting. So, for instance, on a diabetes questionnaire, it may say, when was it first diagnosed? So in the box, you would write, first diagnosed approximately January 2012. Takes blood pressure, takes metformin 500 milligrams two times daily for treatment. Sees Dr. Jones at this address every 90 days for treatment. Has had no eye, no neuropathy, no circulatory problems, no blood pressure. So you can answer all of the questions in the order that they ask. Here's the thing you have to do, though answer all the questions the way they ask them, right? Just be very literal with it. If they ask the question, answer the question in the box. They will accept it 100% for underwriting if you're doing an e-app.
0: Pete, okay. that is some very valuable advice to everybody. And again, it goes back to having the paper one with you so that you know what questions to answer. But thank you for so much for pointing that out. Now, let's, let's uh, go ahead and get on to our topic today.
1: I know um, we have um, three guests on today. Um, Pete, you're going to introduce each one, one of them, and you guys are going to hit the phone objections. Yeah, we're so excited about this. I know we've got uh, Wendell de Guzman who is, you know, we, we picked Brandon Hall, Veteran Agent, and we got Wendell who I think he's about a year in business with us now. And then we have Casey Worthington, who you guys got to hear from last week, who's a brand-new agent with us. All three of these folks are tops of our leaderboard, so we wanted to make sure we had people who were at the top teaching how they deal with phone objections. Um, You know, Brandy, you did such a great job explaining the importance of activity and what it goes through and and dealing with fear. And i got to tell you, these three individuals, Um, clearly have mastered the the dealings of the phones, and uh, they certainly know what to say. The the benefit to what we do, if you're brand new, is we already know the objections that we're going to get when we talk to somebody, right? They're going to tell us a few things if you guys write these down, and and we're going to talk to some of these guys today about what they say, how do they respond, right, to these objections. You're going to hear things like, I'm not interested anymore. Number two, you're going to hear things like, can you just mail it to me, or can you just tell me over the phone? Um, Number three, you're going to hear things such as, um, you know, I I can't afford it. It's too expensive. Um, Number five, you're going to hear something like, I don't have time for this. There's no time, right? I don't have time. And then lastly, once in a while, you're going to hear people say, you know, I just don't I, – I already have insurance, or I can't qualify for this. I already have insurance, or I can't qualify for this. So what I wanted to do is maybe just look at some numbers. I know, um, you know, Wendell, last month, you've had a phenomenal month. You, you've you been crushing it out there in the field, um, leading from the front. Can you maybe start by telling everybody today, um, as a new agent – and I know that you had some struggles when you first got over the on the phone – how did you first deal with your, your phone anxiety, right? How did you make the decision to just do it? What did you go through? What do people need to learn to deal with to get over the anxiety of the phones?
2: Hi, Pete. Can you hear me okay?
1: We got
3: you.
2: All right. Yeah, and just to clarify, uh, I, I've been doing this for only five and a half months. Not one year, okay. So, so yeah, but but it seems like it seems like a year, but yeah. So, uh, so in terms of the moon anxiety, um, what what makes me um go over the hump, so to speak, or um, like just 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 plow through it is I always go back to, uh, why am I doing this, right? so I'm doing this for my family, and you know, so so. I guess. I mean, the best way to overcome any fear is to just face it, and and then just just do it, even though you're you're afraid. I mean, even even now, uh, even when I make my, my 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 phone calls, I'm still you know, I, I I still feel nervous, but I just do it anyway, because I have a powerful enough why I need to provide to my family. This is my only thing. I mean, there's no there's no other thing for me. So. I don't know if that answers, you know, that, that, that answer
1: question. It. So you just do it. So the only way to get through it is to just go through it, right? Yep. A friend of mine back, back from a while ago used to tell me, he said the only way through success leads straight through the dumpster, right? You've got to go through that. But uh, right. I know you've done a great job and certainly seen it. What about um, Brandon? I know let's go to the opposite end. Brandon, how did, how did you get over phone anxiety? And did you have any when you first got started?
4: Great question, Pete. Glad to be on the call. Um, how I got over uh, how I got over it is, you know, just like you said, through it. Um, I, I, I'm not going to say that these days, uh, even after doing it for almost four years now, that I still don't have sometimes where I'm getting on the phone and I'm and I'm kind of nervous or or kind of worried or you know, so, kind of the same feeling that you have when you first start because you're. You don't – you know what they're going to say. You just don't know how many people you're going to get a hold of. You don't – you just – there's some uncertainty. So because of that, it creates that doubt. Um, and what I kind of learned is that I saw that once I got started and I made a few phone calls and I made my first appointment, it was, it was so much easier. So instead of telling myself that I have – in this sitting, whenever I sit down, I have to make ten appointments, I just say, listen, I just, just make one appointment. All I got to do is make one appointment. And then once I get to that one appointment, it's so much easier. So um, just get, get to the point where you just get on the phone and just start making calls, and it just makes it so much easier for sure.
1: Okay. One question I do want to ask you, Brandon, too, is sometimes you get folks who start, and they and I understand. They go, well, listen, I've got to dial for eight hours, or I've got to dial 10 hours. And I'm not saying there's something wrong with that, But most people, when they start with us, they look at Brandon and go, Wow, Brandon's doing something I can't do. Can you talk a little bit about why you don't do that, right? Because I know you rarely, unless we go on vacation or something, go out there and and make 10 hours worth of dials. We've done it before. But why do you separate it, and and how can everybody apply that immediately to to maybe help them get better results?
4: Sure. So, number one, um, I know for me, I'm ADD, so if if I, if I say that I'm going to make dials for 10 hours, um, I'm probably going to have a quality uh, appointment setting time of about two to three hours at the most, and then after that, it's probably going to be garbage. And the reason why is because I'm just going through the motions at that point. So that's number one. Number two is whenever you split it up, it makes it a lot easier to bite it off in chunk size bites. So like, what, what do they say? You eat an elephant one bite at a time. So, um, and, and also it takes the pressure off. So like I've heard some people say, well, I just make all my dials on Saturday. And I know for me, um, no matter how many appointments I needed to run, if I just spent my Saturday and that's the only day I dialed, I would be freaking out. Um, I would be probably sounding a little desperate on the phone and then, you know, God forbid, I didn't make the amount of appointments that I needed to make to set my week up for success, and the only day I have set to dial on a Saturday, then you're in trouble. So it gives you a buffer, and it gives you some room for error whenever you're dialing on multiple days. Like for me, I'm, I'm five to six days a week. And it's easy, it, it sounds like a lot, but it really isn't, because when you do it every single morning, and I only have to get six to eight appointments every single morning, whenever you add all that up, that's a lot of appointments. But if I just tried to do that in one or two days, it would be very, very tough to do that. So that – and it gives you the opportunity to get a hold of people that maybe you didn't get a hold of on Monday because they worked 12-hour shifts or they worked overnight or, you know, there's different different things that affect that. But it allows you to get a hold of people that you maybe not – maybe you wouldn't have gotten a hold of as well, so um,
1: highly suggest not cramming it all in one day for sure. I love it. So guys, what you're hearing, our top producer at Equus Financial, okay, Brandon issue paid almost eighty thousand dollars last month, seventy-seven or something like that issue paid, seventy-seven thousand issue paid, okay, that's a lot of business. But what you're hearing is when everybody goes, wow, Brandon's so far up here, he can't, he's doing something completely different than I can do. Here's a guy that issue paid $77,000 and he's telling you he sits down and he his goal is to book 4 to 8 appointments in one sitting. He's not going out there trying to hit 20 at a time. So, I know some of you who are part-timers, could you could you put two different dial sessions in for 3 hours and make it a goal to say, listen, during this 3-hour period, I'm going to get think about this thought, this thought process. I know we're going to get to Casey and he thinks something like this. For every three hours I dial, I can get six appointments. Well, I'm going to get an appointment every 30 minutes. So I'm going to have 25 minutes where I don't make an appointment, and then in that five minutes, boom, I got one. So guys, breaking it down, you're hearing a top producer mentality here that he's not going out here and killing the barrel in one sitting. He's dividing it up so he can handle it too. He's giving himself some bite sizes and then, and then making it achievable. I've had agents come in and say, well, I'm going to go book 20 appointments today. Okay, and I'm excited about that, and it sounds good. Rarely do they ever do it because that, that's mentally tough. And, and I'm not saying people aren't tough here, but you're even hearing, why put all that stress on yourself? So I love it. Now, Casey, the, the mentality of dialing, what do you do to, like, prep yourself before you get on the phones and dial, like, because I think dealing with objections, you've got to have the right kind of attitude, what do you do? What do you read? What do you listen to? What do you do before you get on the phone to get yourself mentally prepared to, to to make dials? Well, good morning, Pete and Brandon and everybody um,
3: i do I do probably just what everybody else does, and you know to hear Brandon say he has a little bit of nerves before he gets started. Um, you know, I have them as well. Um, you know, I've been in this about a month now and been successful because i I take a few moments and I just kind of gather my thoughts. Um, maybe maybe kind of run through uh, a few scenarios in my head for, you know, two minutes, something like that, just because there are going to be objections. I know there are going to be objections. Um, but I heard something on one of the leaders' calls a few weeks ago, and I put it on a Post-it note right above my computer at my desk, and it says, confused people do nothing, and I've continued to kind of remember that. And, like, those five objections that you said, Pete, that we most commonly see, most of those are just due to confusion, and that's what our job is there is to remove confusion from people. That's kind of what I've I've I've, uh, I've found being in the homes. Um, so I just like to let people know that I'm I'm there to help when I get on the line with them by providing them with with information that they have a right to protect themselves, and knowing that I'm going to be talking with people about that um, soothes any nerves because when you when you realize that. Ultimately, when you get people on the phone, your goal is to care for them. Um, it takes a lot of the anxiety that you may build up for, you know, even the night before, knowing you got to dial the next morning or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, it takes that away because ultimately the goal is to, to care for people and, and, and provide them with protection. So that's that's kind of the way I look at it is just breathe for a few minutes, run through a few scenarios, realize – there are people on the other line. I may have objections if people were calling me in the same manner. So how do we get through them together and how do we remove confusion from any phone conversation?
1: I love it. Well the objections we're going to talk about today on those five that people are talking about. Casey, you hit it right there. Here's what people are worried about, guys, when you when you call them up on the phone. You don't know what could have happened to somebody right before you, you called. The cat could have got sick. You know, their, their baby could be ill. You know, mom or dad could have just passed away. They may just be having a bad day. Like people are just people, right? Things happen, okay? And when we're calling, especially on our bonus leads, I love what you said here, Casey. is that our job is to resolve, right? Our job is not to get on the phone and, and try to sell something. Our job is to get on the phone and book an appointment to resolve a problem, and that's what each of these three guys are focused on when they do it. But here's the three things that clients are most worried about when we call them. Think you're catching them off guard, right? And it's okay. First of all, you've got to talk slow. You can't talk too fast because if you do, they're already confused because you called them out of the blue, right? So talking slow helps eliminate confusion. But the three things they're worried about is this. It's going to cost too much. It's going to take too much time. And they're going to be pressured into buying something, that's what people are worried about, and that's why they give you objections. Think about when you go to, you go to Best Buy. I mean, Brandon and I, you know, we just b- closed on uh, building a new home, and we're out furniture shopping, and of course, what do we tell the people when we get in? Well, we're just looking. And we knew with 100% intent that we weren't there to just look, like we just want to get this done, buy some furniture, and move on with our life, right? But the knee-jerk reaction was, I'm just looking, because we didn't want to be pressured, we don't want to spend too much money, and we don't want it to take too much time. So that's what people are worried about. So let's talk about some of these objections. So like, Brandon, I'm going to start with you. When you get somebody that, that maybe you're calling a bonus lead or, or even something, and they say, well, you know, I'm just not interested, what, what do you say? How do you respond? Well, what I say is, well, that's exactly why I'm calling.
4: Uh, My job is just to go through the options with you. Um, You're not obligated to take advantage of it, um, but I am required to go over it with you. And they have me out there on either Monday or Tuesday to do that and just need to see which day works better for you guys.
1: So, guys, easy enough. So the first line is always, that's exactly why I called. Now, do you say that every time on every objection?
4: Every single time.
1: Okay. Okay. So the first thing you always say is, "Well, that's exactly why I called. My job's to handle this. I'm required to do it. You're not obligated to do anything." They got me out Monday or Tuesday, and you go right back to the close. So I love it. Wendell, what what do you do if you get that objection? I'm not really interested in this anymore. What do you say?
2: Well, what I say is um, that's exactly why I'm calling. When when people uh, tell us that they're not interested. Uh, it's either because they think they cannot afford it, or uh, they think they cannot qualify. Which one is it?
1: Mm, I love that. So, so you realize that that's the knee-jerk reaction. It's probably not the real objection. And so, right. can you say you said that's exactly why I called again? Can you say that again so everybody can write this down again? What is it exactly that you say again?
2: Okay, that's exactly why I'm calling, and what we've found is when people tell us that they're not interested, it's either because they think it's too expensive or they think they cannot qualify. Which one is it?
1: Mm. That's fantastic, and that gives the client the opportunity to say, well, you know, I thought this was too expensive because they may have had somebody else out there who quoted them something crazy, right? Is that what you find?
2: That's right. Okay. That's right, that's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Casey, do you do anything different on that objection than these uh, two gentlemen do?
3: Not really. Uh, you know, objection being part of it, I, I tell them the same thing because that's what you and, and every, all the training has kind of encouraged me to, to say is, well, that is indeed why I'm calling. Um, it's just to get the information, information to you. That's my uh, requirement, you know, for my company. Um, you know, and and I love how Brandon worded it, and I, I'd like to hear him say it maybe even one more time. Is um, you know, it's it's my job to get the information to you. It's your you know, you're not obligated to anything. That 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 sues. I mean, as soon as they know that you're not trying to initially sell, because I, I get a lot of those that people think I'm just like trying to sell it right there over the phone, and obviously we know that's not the case. Um, so just just listening and kind of. Listening with your with your with your third eye or your third ear, I guess you should say of of what the objection is. What 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 do you feel their objection is? Because that helps guide you in the right direction, as Wendell was saying. Is it is it money, or is it that they feel they won't qualify? Because they obviously at some point had a had a concern of
1: protection, or else they wouldn't have sent anything in.
3: Okay.
1: Well, what do you say? Let me ask you this: Like if somebody, and I'll ask you this, Casey, when somebody says to you well, can't you just mail it to me? You know, I'm kind of busy. Why don't you just mail it to me? What do you say? Well,
3: I let them know that, you know, that would, that would be ideal in, in a perfect world, but because this is a, a, a real policy that we want to be able to give you your options on, we do have to meet face-to-face just to verify a few things to be able to accurately show you
4: your options.
1: Okay. Brandon, what do you say on that one? Like if I say to you, Brandon, well, can't you just mail it to me?
4: I said, well, listen, that's exactly why I'm calling. We actually did mail you something, um, and since we didn't get a response back, and this is time-sensitive, um, I'm required to go over this with you in person. Um, so, again, they have me out there on either Monday or Tuesday to do that and just need to see which
1: day works better for you. I love it. And, guys, notice one thing that Brandon's always doing. You can't just pull out, like I love it when Dick says this, you're not going to pull a rabbit out of a hat here, Okay. So you're not just going to say a a fancy one-liner and then they're going to say, oh, my gosh, Casey, like, come sell me this stuff. Like, you've got to close it out. So if you leave a gap, like if Brandon says, well, that's exactly why I'm calling, you know, um, know, we did mail it to you. We didn't get back a response, so we've got to get this out to you. And just leaves it there. What what are you going to expect the gap to fill up with? Another objection. So what Brandon does is he goes right back to – so like I said, they have me out blank or blank, which one's better for you? So you always go back to the close on the appointment. So um, Wendell, is there anything different from these two guys? If somebody says, hey, can you just mail it to me, what do you say?
2: Okay, so one other way to uh, to answer that is um, I wish I could do that, you know, however I'm required to see you because and, – and, and I use what, what you thought as, you know, uh, Pete, um, well, I need to be sure that you're not hooked up to an oxygen tank while smoking a cigarette, you know, and then I, 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 I make them laugh. And then I said, so which day works better for you, Saturday or Sunday?
1: I love it. And that, that's the, that's the one I've always used. Get them laughing a little bit about that. I love it. So when you get them laughing about it, Hey man, they're insuring you without a, without a physical. So I need to at least make sure you're not hooked up to an oxygen tank wheelchair, like smoking a cigarette. Um, you know, people do that kind of stuff. So like I said, they got me out Saturday or Sunday. What's, what day is better for you? So I love it. Great job on that one. Um, what do you do, Wendell, if you hear somebody say, well, you know, Wendell, I don't know, this this costs too much, or it's too expensive, or I can't afford it. What do you what do you say to that?
2: Okay, what what I say is, well, that's exactly what I'm calling. Uh, we, we work with 14 different carriers, and You know, um, tenants are good. I'll be able to find you something that you can afford. Uh, So which day works better for you, Saturday or Sunday?
1: Easy enough. Handle the objection. So you go back to the well. We work with a ton of carriers. I'm sure we'll find something that fits your budget. Like Mm -hmm. I said, I'll be out Saturday or Sunday. What's better for you? I love it. Um, Casey, anything different you do on that?
3: No, that's that's pretty much exactly what I do. Um I am a uh I am a budget guy. So, um being going, being a but I went through the Dave Ramsey stuff many times and uh lived by the budget. Um I think that's that's perfect because that is again one of people's main concerns is can we afford this or the, or we can't afford this. Um to just let them know that there's going to be options and that's what you that's what you want to sh- be able to show them. But then right back into you know, is is Tuesday or Wednesday better
4: for you? That's when I'm in your area. Just right back to it.
1: Beautiful. Brandon, anything different you do on that one?
4: Well, sure. Um, I just say, listen, that's exactly why I'm calling. Um, we rarely have people that can't get this due to cost. Uh, the most common reason why people can't get this is usually due to major health conditions like being on oxygen and rolling around in a wheelchair and smoking all at the same time. So, I mean, as long as you're not doing that, you should be fine. I really don't think budget will be an issue because it is based off of your budget and age, and there's a couple other factors. But, listen, they had me out there on Monday or Tuesday to go through that with you, and I just needed to see see which one works better for you.
1: I love it. I love it. Okay, so here in two styles there, I'm going to interject a third one here, which is kind of like, guys, if you're out there working – um, you're working B, C, D, E leads, guys. Hear me on this one. There is a likely chance that you will find somebody on a two-year-old lead, or a one-year-old lead, that had somebody out there that quoted them something. So the reason they think it might be too expensive is because there was some junior agent out there that quoted them a five, six, seven hundred dollar premium. Because they don't understand critical period like Dick Sylvester teaches on, which if you don't know what I'm talking about, after this call, text Dick Sylvester and say, hey, what's Pete talking about on this critical period? He is the master on it. He'll teach you what to do. But one another way to do it is when somebody says, well, I can't afford it. It's too expensive. Usually they think it's too expensive. They could have had somebody tell them it was too expensive. So I'd say to them, well, what in the world would make you think that? Did you have somebody tell you it was too expensive? Well, yeah, I had an agent call me and uh, or come out and show me something. Well, what did he show you? Well, he showed me a plan that was $400 a month. Here's my reaction. That $400 a month, my goodness, was he trying to sell you a policy or was he trying to sell you Mutual of Omaha? Like, I'm confused. And they laugh. and like I said, that's crazy. I'll be out there Monday or Tuesday. What's better for you? But I love finding that one, and I wanted to hone in on this one for just a second. When you guys find somebody that had somebody out there before and they didn't quote them or they quoted them too high, guys, that is a – I want that appointment because I know that client, again, what are they most afraid of? It's going to cost too much money, it's going to take too much time, or you're going to pressure them. So I'm letting them know, well, listen, you know, we have plans that will certainly fit your budget that you don't have to buy the whole insurance company to do this. So like I said, I'll be up there Monday or Tuesday, which one's better for you. Guys, if you book that appointment, I promise you, as long as you don't really screw it up, you've got a high probability of closing it because they've already had somebody out before, and now they're letting someone out again. So you got to think about that mentality. When this buyer sends in a direct mail piece or talks to one of our telemarketers or does a call in and they've had somebody out there, and they're letting someone else back out to their home, Guys, they're telling you that this is serious. They're indirectly telling you without screaming at you, hey, protecting my family is serious. Their actions are telling us that this is important and that they're going to handle it. So let's handle um, this last one, and then I know we're going to get on the call, and Dick's going to say some stuff here. Um, And I'm just going to go to Brandon on this one for time purposes. Brandon, when you have somebody that says, I can't qualify, what do you say to them?
4: Listen, that's exactly why I'm calling, and we've had a lot of things change um, in the past year, and we actually can get people covered who have cancer. Um, I mean, as long as you're under the age of 85, it's not going to be a problem. There's nothing that you can tell me that you have going on right now that we can't cover, but I'm just required to go through the options with you. You're not required to necessarily do anything with that, but they have me out on either Monday or Tuesday to do that, and I just need to see which day is better for you.
1: I love it. So what we're doing is we're reassuring them. Again, they're afraid they can't. They're afraid it's too expensive. You're going to pressure them or it's going to take too long. This person who says that is worried that they can't qualify, probably because somebody told them they can't. And Brandon's reassuring them. That may be a family who's tried to apply for all kinds of stuff and can't get it. And to hear Brandon give them the reassurance that he can take care of this problem for them, again, it's to resolve a problem that's going to give them some peace of mind, and they're going to want to sit down with you. They're going to want you to help them. They're going to want you to deal with that. Um, next, next time we do this, maybe in a week or two, we'll talk about how to deal with the person who says they already have insurance. Now, I know Emily Wolfert did a great job on that um, two weeks ago, teaching on what she did and why that was so beneficial. You can go back and listen to that call. I think we'll hit that again in another couple weeks because I think that is an incredible – Opportunity for us to learn how to deal with that objection, um, but Dick, I know that you've been in this business for years. Any anything you would like to add, maybe that we're missing here that that can bring value for these folks today?
0: There's nothing that we're missing. Uh, I just want to point out some things. When you, especially just a moment ago, when uh, Brandon was talking, listen again when you go over this to the comforting voice, the tone, the cadence. Uh, um, Wendell and I talked about that before. Guys, when you're talking to the people, the reassurance that you convey, it's not what you say but what you convey that makes a difference. And I want to co- cover our close with this, uh, the life of significance we live. And when you realize the life of significance we live, then you'll understand why all these guys on here today sounded so comforting, sounded so reassuring, um, It just it conveyed something different. And you, many of you have heard this story, but a year ago, November, I got that phone call from an existing client. And the first words out of her mouth were, does my husband still have that policy in force? Yes, he does. Why do you ask? He passed away last week. And uh, three weeks later, she gets a check for $160,000, and I get another phone call. And the second phone call started something like this, Dick, I just wanted you to know I paid the house off. It was less than $110,000. Paid a little bit left on the funeral off, paid two little credit cards off, and I put over $30,000 into the savings account, and then she burst into tears. And she said, I just wanted you to know... You didn't realize this, but you were the fifth agent to come see us. And my husband ran the first four off. And I've been living for the last 19 and a half years in fear that he might someday run you off too. But because you stayed with us, yes, I'm still a widow, but I am not going to lose my home due to foreclosure in August because I was able to pay the house off and because you stuck with us. Guys, that's a life of significance. We're allowed to live every time we pick up this this phone. And yes, that's why I'm calling. It doesn't matter what the circumstances is. That's why I'm calling because I remember what happened with this other family and I I want a similar outcome to happen for you. And just realize that life of significance that we are allowed to live every week.